Greetings, fellow gamers. Do you remember the first time you played a role-playing game? I don't. It, it's been forever for me. It, I, I probably started in high school, and I didn't really know what was going on, but I remember that I enjoyed it, and I obviously came back to it. In my adult life, I came back to role-playing games. Well, the, the reason I asked the question is because this episode is an interview with someone who just had their first role-playing game experience. They were playing Kids on Bikes. Uh, Brian Peace was running the, the session. I was also part of it, but I am not part of this interview. This interview is between Adele and Brian, and Adele's going to talk about her first experience with a role-playing game, that game being Kids on Bikes, and, and what it was like for her. So along the way, Brian talks about uh, the major benefits of playing role-playing games, and uh, the two of them have a great time discussing how this role-playing game has has impacted her and her way of seeing things. So that's really cool. Um, this episode is coming to you during the time of COVID-19, but uh, the episode itself actually took place about three months ago, maybe. Uh, just after the winter game fest, before we had all this social isolation stuff. So uh, you'll hear them talking about things that can't happen right now exactly, but uh, we'll look at it as the good old days, right? <laughs> the days when you could go to a convention. We will we will meet again. I know we will meet again. So uh, in the meantime, uh, just check out this great interview between Brian Peace and Adele, and uh, we'll see you on the flip side. Did I just say flip side? I really just said flip side. Enjoy. Hi, and welcome to another fun-filled episode of Rolling for Change. My name is Brian Peace, and I am not joined by my fantastic host, Woody Harris, this weekend. He has abandoned me in favor of um, getting some work done. What a, you know, how lame. <laughs> but I am joined today by um, friend of the show, Adele. Hi. How are you doing today? I am good. I love a good weekend. Oh, me too. Good God. Te for teachers, especially, weekends are just fantastic. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Um, so, the reason why we have Adele here is because she has had a momentous event in her life. Um, <laughs> geek for us geeks, anyway. It's her first. She had. She played her first role playing game at the last Atlanta Game Fest. I did. Uh, yeah. Um, so what happened was. Um, she approached me and asked me to to run a game for her. We ran a game of um, kids on bikes, but we'll we'll get to kind of how that worked out. But my main question is why? What got, what got that bug in your head to want to play a role playing game in the first place? Well, so about a um, year and a half ago, I sort of got into the board game community because I'd been having I've been struggling a lot with depression and anxiety. And uh, I needed, especially social anxiety, and I needed something that would get me out of the house and around people, new people, but that had enough sort of safe structure that I didn't feel completely overwhelmed by the whole thing. 
So uh, I sort of tiptoed my way into meetups and et cetera, and, and, and made my way to my first uh, Atlanta Game Fest uh, in uh, October of 2018. And then uh, kept getting more comfortable with the people I was meeting and uh, listening to more board game related media and just just feeling like I knew a little bit more of what was going on and who people were and just feeling more comfortable in general. And uh, I've got a sister-in-law who is deeply into role-playing who would love to have her family involved with her in that. And, um, well, role-playing kind of uh, triggers my anxiety a lot uh, because it's... um, it's only lightly mediated. It has, to me, it seems like it has less structure than a lot of board games. So I've just been trying some storytelling games with just a few very close family to see how that goes. And uh, it didn't overwhelm me too much. So I thought, well, maybe it was time to try role-playing, but I didn't want to jump into something like D&D where I feel like there's kind of a lot of stuff you should know to do it about spells and character traits and things. Uh, Oh, and I listened to um, The Adventure Zone and I'm just in love with the the role-playing they do on there. It seems like they tell the neatest stories. Um, So I I wanted to try it, but I was hesitant to try it first with my sister-in-law, not because I don't love her, but because I just wanted sort of a, I don't know how to put it exactly. I wanted to try it in a slightly separate venue first. <laughs> yeah, you wanted to give it a one shot just to see how you felt about it so that maybe your family didn't feel like they had somehow failed or something or like you were like you didn't want to have the pressure of saying you weren't interested and it didn't strike your fancy when it was a big deal for them. Yes, ex- th- yes, exactly that. I I knew that, you know, there were a lot of people in the board game community that do role-playing. And I, I know about you, of course, because of the um, the great podcast, this great podcast. And I knew you were super expert in role-playing. And I saw you uh, doing it again. I think you were doing Kids on Bikes. Uh, was it two Atlanta Game Fests ago, maybe? And I, I asked Ginger about it because I thought you weren't role-playing anymore. And she said you'd gotten back into it. So... I, I knew from the podcast that you would understand about anxiety and, and be really good about creating a safe space, which you did. Thank you so much. <laughs> so um, so I posted on the Atlanta Game Fest want to play list about uh, no, uh, no Thank You Evil, I think, which was the simplest role playing game I'd ever heard of because it was aimed at kids. <laughs> and then you contacted me on Slack, which was great, and, and offered to, to GM uh, which was so much more delightful than I, I, I really didn't expect somebody to do that. That was really cool. Um, and so there was that, I mean, there was more leading up to it, but that was sort of the motivations that got me at, well, and I, a lot of the, I'm a huge introvert, so I also don't necessarily react well, uh, or, I'm not as good at reacting in the moment, doing that improv kind of thing, um, as I think extroverts are. And it's, it's, it's a useful skill and something I'd like to be better at too. So I thought this might maybe 
be a good way to dip my toe into that too. Well, I appreciate that very much. I, I hope that I did a good job. Um, Oh, you the, did. You created a really safe space and, and, and we're so great ahead of time too. Cause I, I was just very anxious and nervous and you like, let me know like what was going on and sent me links to things if I wanted to read more. So I wasn't quite as unfamiliar. Yeah. I have a range of people who, um, who play games with me. Some of them read nothing that I send to them. Woody. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> And then there are people who are really study heavy. They get more comfort from things by reading up on the rules and such. Mm -hmm. And this, this game was so rules light. I figured that would be not a big deal. And you had the option of reading or not reading. I read um, a little, I read all the characters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and listened to um, one little podcast. Which one did you listen to? Uh, there was a, uh, Oh, what was the one you recommended? One shot. Yes. I think it was. Yes. I love their story. Um, yeah, it had, it had a lot of, a lot of heart. I liked it. It was goofy, but it also had a lot of heart. Which I think it's kind of ours. Ours was goofy, yeah. but yeah. So in designing this, I, uh, I did, I think I explained this to you after the game. I did kind of go out of my way to try to make sure that the other players were kind of off balance a little bit. Um, my son, tends to prefer playing um people who take kind of a back seat mm -hmm. kind of a, yeah. kind of people who follow other people or work together with other people and woody sometimes makes um take charge characters sometimes ah. makes but he, he tends to make more serious characters oh um so if it's not take charge, it's at least a little more serious his uh, pathfinder game with us he plays a character who's a little quirky, uh -huh. but he's also incredibly smart. Oh. Um, but the character I made for him was, was not very smart. <laughs> no, was kind of a doofus. Um, was uh, my son's uh, wacky sidekick, who is kind of a kind of a clumsy um, meathead. He decided yeah. to play. He decided to play a female, and I made sure I made every single character with a gender non-neutral. Um, first name so that they could play anything they wanted yeah i like the non the non-binary names were very nice yeah i noticed that most of the people didn't even notice that because a lot of non-binary names people automatically have in their head a specific gender for that name it's true it's and then true and then once i pointed out people were like oh my god you're right these are these are both girl and boy names I think Woody was the only person who decided he would uh, pick uh, the gender he doesn't usually present as, which was pretty cool. It was nice having a big sister. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Woody played um, the wacky sidekick. My son, I gave him the only, he decided to play an adult. <laughs> so I not only made him an adult, but I also made Woody his sidekick <laughs> and designed him specifically to be the one responsible for everyone. I gave him, gave his character a motivation of make sure everyone's safe. And then I surrounded him by ch with children. <laughs> <laughs> he handled it. He handled it so well. And, and he was so straightforward about how anxious this all made him too. It, yeah. Just the sweetest fella. 
And I remember whenever I gave Woody Ace character, he said, I've never played a wacky sidekick. I don't even know how to do that. And I'm like, yes, I've made everyone on the same level. No one knows what they're doing. <laughs> I didn't know that going in, but... Um... Oh, I, if I told you that going in, it wouldn't have had the right effect. Right, yes. So I just wanted to create a, an atmosphere where there weren't, you know, three experts and one novice where there were kind of two people who kind of have gained before, but were off balance mm -hmm. and one person just starting. So they're all focused on their characters and how to make it work. It seemed to go pretty well. And, um, Oh, I actually remembered Woody was the other reason that inspired me to do this. I listened to the podcast and he went and played a, a board game about war that was very uncomfortable for him. I think I talked yes. with him about it and, I was like, well, you know, maybe I should try something that makes me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> it's it's good to do that sometimes, um, especially if you can do it on your own terms. Yes. The first time, anyway. Eventually, you know, like, like you said, you've gone out to meetups and met people you never met, never would have imagined meeting before. And we're very grateful that you have. We really like having you around. Oh, thanks. I really like all the folks I've met. It's It's been so nice. Uh, making friends as, a, as an adult is actually... It's kind of hard. <laughs> yeah, but it's also kind of, if you think back to your high school days, mm -hmm. it's also kind of, it's more difficult to meet new people, but mm -hmm. it's easy. It's easier to make friends because you it can, is. It's, it's so easy to find out what kind of hobbies you have, what kind of interests you have. And that's true. And in high school, you're forced to be around people who you who just are horrible influences. <laughs> Um, oh, trust me, I'm a high school teacher. I see it every day. There are kids who just wish they were anywhere but the classroom because, you know, some of them are, you know, struggle with learning or would struggle with learning if they wanted to learn. Um, and others are really good at things and are, you know, are, feel really awkward about it. It's um, true. It's yeah. harder to, yeah, it's, it's been, the board games meetup stuff has been great for meeting people, but you're right. I mean, it just takes time, but you, you know yourself a lot better than you do when you're in high school. Yeah. It's, it's more difficult because you have to go outside your comfort zone to meet new people. Mm. But once you find your, your niche, it starts getting a little easier because once you make your way into a scene, like the board game scene, mm. we're really approachable people. It's true. Especially I, in Atlanta. <laughs> yes, Atlanta is, oh, there's so many board gamers. It's wonderful. And, I mean, our um, our meetups and such, Atlanta Game Fest, we bring all of our own games. They don't even have a game library. I didn't and, realize that was unusual. <laughs> yeah, it really is. A lot of um, game conventions have a um, a library of games, and you might bring your own games, but... You keep track of them. At Game Fest, we kind of just trust each other because mm -hmm. we, I mean, we rarely have games ever just disappear. And when they do, usually, if you have your name and address in a box, when they go to open it up to play it, they're like, "Oh crap, I got somebody else's game." Oh yeah. And and usually, like the um, like that copy of Bonanza that I got from you, <laughs> it gets put back in your stack because. Either you bought the game from somebody and you forget to put your own sticker in it, like I did, or... It was you know, so funny. I finally got my collection in order, and I'm like, wait a second. Why do I have two copies of this? I well, sold one to Brian. 
Well, the stuff in my collection ends up in other stuff's collection sometimes because people just forget where they got it and yeah. they're newer to the group and they don't look inside the, the cover and they remember that they had a game from this shelf and they'll put it in the wrong place. And then people sat Sunday are just so tired. They pack stuff up and oh yeah, when they get back home, they're like, I don't even own this game. What's this doing in here? And thank goodness people put their names and phone numbers inside of it. Yeah. So... I guess the, the big question is, um, was your anxiety high leading up to the game that weekend? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. I didn't have any panic attacks. I am I am far enough along in my uh, coping skills that I really have <laughs> panic attacks anymore. But, um, yes, it's, it's part of why I was uh, 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 asking you in advance for, like, um, what information I could get because sometimes right. preparing lessens the anxiety a bit. And yeah. my partner was sweet and she's like, you know, these are good people. It's a safe space. You don't have to be the expert. You can just go with the flow. They know you're new. And she was real kind about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So cards on the table. How long into the game did your anxiety start ebbing off? It was quite a while because I was yeah. so there were so many things that I was nervous about. Uh, I don't uh, super react quickly in the moment, which is a lot of what this is. Uh, it's it's almost like acting, and I'm more used to storytelling where you're like third person omniscient kind of thing. Yeah, and this is first person, and it's a character I don't know well. I mean, it had to be that because you know, I, and I like that you let me make a lot of the character because that helped give me a few touch points to think mm-hmm. about. Um, but it's really hard for me to to really get out of my own head and into this character's head. That took quite a bit. And I, I finally had to just ignore one of the characteristics because I couldn't figure out how it fed in and just go whole hog on the reckless. I'm like, okay, this is her thing. <laughs> She's just <laughs> reckless. She jumps off of, um, you know, ropes onto ladders. So a, a lot of it. Um, not because you didn't do a good job, but just because... I was just in my own head and then for a while I was um, just the story was so neat and funny um, but I didn't want to you know let other people down or uh, and I wasn't sure because I knew there was somewhere the story was supposed to go but I didn't know how it got there because I haven't done this before mm-hmm. so I didn't know when I should um, say something assuming I could figure out what my character would say or do Uh other people were better at jumping in and I didn't want to like, you know, step on toes or anything or, well, a lot of the time I just didn't know what to do. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I think about halfway through, I still wasn't as participatory as I'd like, but I was really digging the story and, and, and I could, I don't know, I could feel it and visualize it a bit more. It started to take me out of myself a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I, if I'd noticed that you were not feeling comfortable taking part or introducing ideas into it. One of the things I usually do is I'll you know, look over at you and say, okay, wh- what are you thinking? What are you doing right now? And I'll, you know, kind of lead you into that. But you really, for a, for a beginner gamer, you mm-hmm. jumped in about as much as I expected you to. Really? Yeah. Oh, because well, I feel better then. <laughs> well, a lot of people, the first time they play, they're not sure about the, the um the balance 
how much should I jump in? How much should I sit back? And they kind of want to, like whenever you're playing a board game for the first time and you're watching mm. people who know what they're doing, yes. it's, it's fun to watch other people take their turns first so you can see the flow of the game. It was. It was um, very fun, especially your son with the squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh. just, just to let everybody know, my son was um, the conspiracy theorist. And he was completely convinced, he's terrified of anything smaller than a cat. And he's completely convinced <laughs> that something was going on with the squirrels in oh. their neck of the woods. Oh, oddly, he, he, oddly just, turned he lived that. He lived that so well. Oh, he, that was the one thing he specifically said. He said, make anything else for the character. But he said, I have, he said, I'm a conspiracy theorist. And I believe something's up with the squirrels in our area. And I was like, you just gave me so much to work with on this character. Now, to let you know how the game usually runs, mm -hmm. um, we did kind of a condensed version of it where we did, um, where we kind of fixed up everyone's, uh, not personalities, but their connections with each other. Oh, how yeah, do you the know this person? Stuff. Yeah, how do you know this person is a positive or negative relationship? And that's usually how every game starts, but it also starts with more with everyone creating their characters together at the same time. Oh. But it takes more time, and we only had a couple of hours to play. We did, we did. So I just went ahead and made the characters for you guys, and but I still insisted on doing the. Uh, the connections between the characters because it's so important to this particular game. I like game. that. I like that bit so much, especially because uh, Woody and I could figure out that like our parents had gotten rich in this oil town and, you know, so weren't around as much. So we stuck together and it was neat. I, oh, I really like, I like the world building and the relationship building. That is, that is really fun. Yeah. And you don't get that as much in D and D. You form your or Pathfinder or whatever. You oh. tend most most role playing games. You make your characters, and you might have a an idea of how you came together. But most of the most of the personalities and most of the uh, the connections between the characters are formed in game. Huh. And so you might off the cuff because you feel like it because it seems to fit your characters. Say. Say, well, back whenever we were on this adventure and you make up something, you say, well, remember whenever we were in this area and we did this and you and you kind of roll with it. Oh. But or some people just prefer to not have any background and their characters are practically born the day they get their character sheet and they don't care much about their history. Oh, um, that doesn't so, sound as fun to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I like those games for the story that they're going to tell. Mm -hmm. but I haven't played a role-playing game in a long time. And I've mentioned this on the show before, mm -hmm. but I'm kind of obsessed with knowing all the details of the story. <laughs> and if the story is taking too long to open itself up and I'm not finding out all the secrets and learning all the mysteries, I get tweaked. I know. I so want to know what was going on with the squirrels. <laughs> Odds are, and oddly enough, there was something going on with the squirrels <laughs> or with one particular squirrel. Yes. Um, think uh rocket raccoon but a squirrel yeah stranded on a planet trying to figure out how to get a ship to take off <laughs> who sent who sent radio messages or something that uh, woody i mean <laughs> woody's character totally misinterpreted <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so much we had so much fun there were just some hilarious random things what was it um human sausage human sausage that's what it was 
<laughs> the word human was very clear, but then he absolutely failed at his attempt to listen and he heard the word sausage when it didn't exist and they became obsessed for the rest of the game with human sausage this alien wants to make human sausage we're all going to be eaten oh yeah it made the priest look at him really strangely oh that was so great so so the i guess the big question is what was your favorite thing about the game it doesn't even have to be a story point, your favorite experience in the game. I mean, I had a favorite moment. It's when okay. I felt like I was really in the character. It was mm -hmm. in the, the belfry of the Catholic Church when I like just got obsessed with wanting to ring that big bell. Absolutely <laughs> loved when I got to ring it. it. It made sense to me. Like It's something I could envision wanting and that uh, Jackie would want and so forth. And then it was so sweet when I... I failed a roll, I think, or didn't quite roll good enough, but then uh, my big sister helped me out without me seeing, so it was so sweet, the way uh, she, like, you know, pulled the bottom of the bell so it did ring, and then yeah, I got I'm... to leap onto a ladder. It was just a hoot. I really liked... Yeah, I loved that visual where you just jump up on this, this, this uh, bell pull, and you're like, and nothing <laughs> happens, and Woody just reaches below you and goes... <laughs> Bong. And of yeah. course, once you had momentum, it just starts ringing because you're yanking on it as you're going down and you have some leverage. <laughs> I think I and had a then, real wee moment. It was awesome. You did. And then, <laughs> then you said, I'm going to try to get to the ladder. I said, what are you going to do? I mean, are you going to hang on to the bell and let its momentum launch you to the ladder? And you were like, yes, <laughs> that is totally what I'm going to do. <laughs> it was, I felt like it was the moment I was most in the story, like yeah. in there, you know. Oh, it was fun. It, the best part of any role-playing game is when you finally find your character and say, I know who I am now. Yeah. It, the more experience you get, the sooner you get there. But, I mean, it's you got into it really, honestly, for a first-timer, you got into it very quickly. You <sighs> found your character. Good. I was, uh, was really working at it, but uh, sometimes I got distracted because the story was so good and other people were rather hilarious. Well, and the nice part of it was you did make a quote-unquote loner weirdo so you're being a little withdrawn mm. really kind of fit the character oh good so it, it was it was really good that you chose that and that was kind of what i was hoping you would choose for your first time in unless you <laughs> felt really comfortable being out there like andrew no <laughs> it's better it, <laughs> i sometimes find it's better if unless you really feel like you're gonna want to just jump in that you take something that's a little more late, like the laid back slacker would have been good. <laughs> I guess. But I, but I like the, the loner weirdo because the weirdo aspect allowed you once you found your character to just go nuts. It did. And the and slacker wouldn't really do that as much. Yeah. 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 And uh, it was fun looking over the different, uh, what do you call them? Tropes. Yeah. Character tropes. Yeah. And uh, I was like, Oh, loner weirdo. Yeah. That was me when I was younger. I mean, maybe a little now too, but I was trying to pick stuff that I felt like I could relate to a little bit. In fact, the character creation bit was, was kind of fun because I was playing a kid and I'm like, it kind of made me think about my, I could see people actually, this is, I'm not a therapist. I could see people using such a thing in therapy to like help you process your childhood a little bit. It was really yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean, um, the Bodana group, which is, a, I think you've if you've heard them on the show before, they use role-playing games and other things in therapy. Oh, yeah, I forgot their name, but yes. So, yeah, I mean, a, a, there is a lot of research being done in, 
into how effective that is. And you, you have people who jump into games playing basically versions of themselves. Pretty much, yes. <laughs> and and that and that's great. You know, it allows you to really get comfortable with the game. It allows you to explore the world as yourself with no real repercussions. Yeah, that was cool. And then there are people who um, who choose something completely polar opposite of themselves so they can try experiencing the world in a different way than they're used to, again, with no lasting repercussions because yeah, it's an imaginary it's, world. Yeah, I was thinking, like, I really wanted a character that was not too far from me because I was so new to all the things. But I could see in the future... It would be like once I got more comfortable with the whole how it goes, kind of like I did with board games, I could see wanting to try something that was radically different just for that. It's neat the way it gets you out of, out of yourself, out of your own head, kind of like mm -hmm. I keep drawing the parallels, but kind of like a really good board game that can be so engrossing that you get into this sort of state of flow and it just it's the most invigorating thing and, and refreshing it kind of like resets your brain a little. I, I've, it's been my experience that most people for their first character or two tend to make something very close to their own personality. Mm. But the, that click point is where they take that character who has a lot of their own comfort zone and then it clicks and they do something completely outlandish. <laughs> like, like jumping jump. on a, like jumping from a, a bell, a, a church bell rope onto a ladder something i could imagine yes. never imagine adele doing no. but jackie totally did it was was your character jackie yes she was jackie yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. totally but, did then, it. but jackie would totally do it and yep. that, that's that moment where you go i wonder what would happen if which is the yes. best part of any role-playing game is discovering that you have that what would happen if and then doing it and failing mm -hmm. and breaking a leg and saying I get to go home and walk normally after this or having <laughs> was, a wild, having a wild success and going, I just talked to the alien by myself. Oh yeah. When I rolled it, <laughs> I had to charm the alien and all I had was a D four, <laughs> but I kept rolling exploding fours and got to like, I don't know, 24 or something. It was great. <laughs> that was awesome. I did not expect that. So if there was anything you would change about the experience, what would that be? Hmm. Oh, that's a hard one. Hmm. And it doesn't necessarily mean something bad about the experience, just something that could have been better or could have happened I mean, in a I, different way. I just wish I'd focused on the, the reckless characteristic earlier. Cause that's sort of mm -hmm. where I found Jackie. If I, you know, I think it'd be neat if I did something like this again to really invest some time on that sort of co-creation of characters together. Yeah. In a way to, and in a way to, to also, it takes me a while to process things sometimes. So like to really understand my character better, I think so that when it came to, so that it would be easier to make that, that click, that leap, not literally, mm -hmm. but you know, into the character's head and, make it a little more instinctive to react like they would hopefully we, i think we may have to, i think we may have to get together a an actual like four to six hour honest to god game session and just start with creating Ooh. characters oh goodness yeah. 
<laughs> well, most 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 game sessions we make a day of it, and it's a four to six hour thing. And a lot of it's playing the game, and some of it's just taking little mini breaks. I mean, we, we don't ah, have we don't have official we don't have official breaks. It's more we just stop and start chatting and goofing off, and then it's okay back to the game. Or I'm going to go upstairs and get some coffee. I'm going to go get some tea. I'm going to want a snack. Oh. Do you guys want any water? And we take a few breaks. It's like five, ten That's minute good. breaks in between, you know, which we really didn't have time for in our game because we no. only had a couple hours to work with. We were very compressed, yeah. Yeah. So it but might... But I had to get to that flea market because things yeah. have to get out of my house. Oh, me too. <laughs> I had to get to the flea market because things had to go into my house. I wound up with 17 extra games. You're kidding me. No. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've added to my shelf of shame so much. <laughs> I've just gotten better at culling. I'm doing a little better, although I still haven't gotten better at maybe not buying as many things. Oh, I got... <laughs> have you ever played Circus Flocati? No, I have not. I haven't even heard of that one. Oh, it's old and it's adorable. It's a flea circus card game that's fast and cute. Oh, and cool. I got the Korean version. I'm very excited. <laughs> I that was up a, the, an aside, but yeah. I picked up the big, massive Snowdonia master set. It has every single expansion, a new, bo a new board that actually has room for everything on the board. And oh my, oh my God, it's beautiful. <laughs> oh my God. I even have I the have North Pole and the Santa and the Abominable Snowman. And An Santa's Abominable Snowman? <laughs> yeah. If you can get to the abominable snowman, you could get an extra worker. <laughs> huh. Life goals. Yeah. <laughs> so, a little little Q and A here. Um, mm -hmm. Odyssey dot com, odysseyonline.com has mm -hmm. an article c called Eight Useful Benefits of Playing Dungeons and Dragons. And it, oh. they say Dungeons and Dragons because that's the big hot topic these days because of Stranger Things and because mm -hmm. it is the most popular RPG around. Mm -hmm. But it, a lot of these really do factor in, in my mind, into the benefits of role-playing games. And having you know jumped into your first one, I'm going to ask you how what you think of these from just from your minimal just from your you know initial experience. So okay. the first the first one is problem solving. It allow it, what they're saying basically is it allows you to um, face a challenge, figure a way around the challenge to to complete the challenge, and have that I guess success of of solving the problem, solving the mystery, solving the riddle. What do you think about that? I think it's a great idea. I mean, we did a little bit of that. We, we were so we were so rushed at the end that yeah. it, uh, we kind of <laughs> we solved the mystery <laughs> kind of fast at the end. But um, I do like I keep drawing parallels to board games, but like that you have this contained amount of time and you will solve the mystery by the end of it or finish the game. It's so nice. It's so different from a lot of the rest of life. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> Things are just challenging ongoing. Mm -hmm. And this is like defined beginning and ending, and you will figure out about the alien squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> what I liked about your um, your problem solving was everyone was so freaked out because he was shooting at you, and you wanted to get up there just to talk to him. And it it just <laughs> it was just that whole. But what if he has a problem that's he's maybe he's just scared, and you. <laughs> 
just totally embraced that reckless thing and said, I'm going to go talk to him. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm going to go talk to the guy with the laser pistol shooting at us. Well, he hadn't hit us. <laughs> it, it worked really well for you. <laughs> I was apparently very charming with those exploding force. <laughs> yeah. So the next thing I talk about is teamwork, especially people who aren't used to working as a team. It helps mm. them find a balance of give and take within a team as opposed to trying to win by yourself. What do you think about that? Hmm. Yeah, I could see this being very good at team building. And uh, I am a huge fan of cooperative games generally because I like that the good ones, you know, they, they do help you get to know these other people who are very different from you and figure out how you can work together and sort of parlay your strengths and weaknesses, you know, sort of balance those out. And uh, I think that happened a, a bit for us, too. Yeah. I mean, it was compressed again, but I, I definitely saw aspects of that in our game. Yeah, I mean, I again, with the group character creation, mm. usually people balance their skills pretty well. They say, well, I'm, I'm really strong at this. We don't need two or three people strong at this. And mm -hmm. other and you'll say, well, I'm going to put my high die in this. And everyone says, OK, well, I was going to put mine there. But you know what? I think I can work with it over here in um in flight oh. it would work a little bit better and mm -hmm. you balance out your characters so you're all good at something and the oh. other part of the other part of teamwork that you guys really grokked onto re very very well primarily because my son and woody are like me they're <laughs> very they're very thoughtful of other people um i've seen yeah. people gamers who don't do this but making sure that mm -hmm. you don't hog all the attention because a lot mm. of times in role-playing games somebody wants to guide the story and they want to tell everyone ah. else what to do kind of like an alpha player in a uh in a cooperative oh, game oh yeah yeah and huh all of you guys had a pretty good balance of i want to do this i want to do this okay what are you guys going to do hmm. and yeah i think yeah. whenever i would shut it down and say okay we'll get back to you in a second what do you want to do and we would get I mean, especially if people were separated mm, so. yes mm-hmm yeah, I've, had a, I've had a couple yes. of friends who couldn't deal with I have had a couple of friends who couldn't deal well with that and wanted to be the center of attention all the time oh <laughs> yeah I, uh, we did a pretty good job and I mean uh, I think other people were very very kind to me <laughs> when I wanted to sit back too well in in especially in this particular game everyone knew the goal which mm -hmm. was a to play a good fun game and b Make sure Adele has a good fun game. Oh, <laughs> it was so was, it was so wonderful to have so many people being like helping me out. <laughs> the only thing that really concerned me was we did have um, Woody's son Brandon there, mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with Brandon. He's a good kid, but he's also mm -hmm. a, a kid. <laughs> and, Unlike the rest of us who are pretending to be kids. Yeah, and it's easy for them to easy for any child really to get caught up in the moment and take things off the rails or get really tweaked or really hyper mm -hmm. and he didn't seem to yeah. get really hyper and he he did a really good job i was very proud of him so woody should let him hear this brian was very he proud should. of him <laughs> yeah i, was I mean pleased. he and he was funny <laughs> yeah he was <laughs> yeah, he, he played a little kleptomaniac who is stealing from his older brother, Andrew's <laughs> character. 
<laughs> and Andrew was setting him up to be able to steal stuff just to stop him from stealing too much. <laughs> oh, but Brandon was stealing stuff in the funniest ways, too, with that, like, sticky hand out the treehouse window. <laughs> I don't know why he wanted to steal his brother's fancy pillows, but whatever. That was I, great. No, I, I understood what he was doing. He was practicing. for in. He, he was seeing something. Can I get ah, it? Oh, mm-hmm. I got it. Cool. Because remember, he his actual fight skill, which he was using to get it, was really low. <laughs> and that once the pillow he got was just a case of exploding dice. It was a lucky shot. Mm-hmm. So basically his character <laughs> was practicing to get better at stealing stuff through the window with his little <laughs> sticky hand. Yeah, he was, we, he had great character. He really did. <laughs> I loved the way he had his character going. <laughs> so the third thing is creativity. Um mm. There's a there's a lot to be said for the improv. I mean, you really yeah. have to be creative on the spot in these situations, Oof. much more so than than just a standard storytelling board game. Mm-hmm. All of the impetus is on you to create the story. Mm-hmm. It's a much looser structure than I'm accustomed to. Yeah, yeah. I and that I mean that let us go go in some really interesting directions because mm-hmm. we didn't have specific. We didn't have many prompts, you know, like you yeah. had a, a really good description of the the setting in the beginning that was helpful, but we really got to, we got to fill it in together. And that yeah. was, I mean, that felt kind of team building too, in a way. Uh, I, I liked it and was freaked out by it at the same time because <laughs> it was so, I, I, I like being creative, but um, I'm not as used to doing it around people. <laughs> Yeah. I'm used to doing it more with like a sibling or on paper or something. So, uh, yeah, it definitely would be a great way to practice being creative because the the structures are just so loose. So let's see. The um, the next thing was creating relationships, which is a really big deal. I mean, board games allow you to play around a table and mm-hmm. have a structure for conversation if you want to have conversation you have conversation if you don't want a conversation mm-hmm. you don't mm-hmm. but a role-playing game gives a next level to that where it's Boy, even more it. it's even more social <laughs> yes mm-hmm. it was yeah and it uh it was um i mean i think that was part of the anxiety for me because a lot of my anxiety is social and uh well and i mean I only know you and Woody from like the podcasts and the few really positive interactions we've had at Game Fest, which have been wonderful. Uh, but uh, I didn't know your son to start with, relationship-wise. But he was so open and sharing, and like made me feel real, really comfortable. Like I wasn't the only one that was, you know, a little anxious in in this kind of setting. Um, I, he was just. He's the sweetest person alive. <laughs> and it was he, so nice of him to, 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 to put himself out there like that. Thank you. They call him my mini-me, so I'll take that as a compliment for me, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you obviously had a good hand in raising him and also, yes. like, modeling. Like, you are good at safe space creation. Yeah. Um, it, it really helps in a teaching environment to be able to do that. And also, whenever you're, whenever you're you know, like me and have, my up, have the upbringing that I had... 
mm-hmm. um, I didn't have a lot of safe spaces. So the opportunity to create them for other people has always been a big drive for me. I totally get you. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. The next one was uh, improvisation, of course, which goes hand in hand with the creativity thing. Yes. Um, but it's a great thing to practice if you're a huge introvert because uh, we went to some workshops at work where like they're talking about how introvert brains are actually they process things just slower like it takes a longer time they take longer pathways in your brain to to get to the center where you're processing them so practicing some improv is it'd be a good muscle to exercise so to speak (laughs) and uh boy is it thinking on your feet i mean really you're sitting but yeah (laughs) Um, yeah, that's, that's one of my favorite things. I, I'm, I guess you could say I'm an ambivert, Mm. which is kind of a cross between an introvert and extrovert. Mm -hmm. I, when I'm with my people, quote unquote, I'm a, um, I'm an ex, I'm an extrovert. I love being around my friends, but in general, around Mm -hmm. new people and sometimes even whenever i've been around my friends too long i become (laughs) i kind of transform into an introvert i need to escape and go hide and just go lie down for a while and recharge um Mm -hmm. i'm not one of those people who gathers energy from being around people i have to expend Mm -hmm. energy to be around people me Um, too yeah it's why i started uh, getting the hotel room at Game Fest, so I have somewhere to yeah. go hide when I just have to have a break. As much as I like adore my people, and they are definitely my people, I just I hit a limit and have to go uh, rest and recharge or something. Yeah. Okay. The number six one was humility, which, mm-hmm. like I said, goes hand in hand with that cooperation thing. You have to not make the game about you. And you have to be there not just to have fun for yourself, but to provide a fun experience for the other players. Hmm. So how do you oh, feel I've about never that? Thought one? of that. I really hadn't thought about that aspect of it, but I guess, yeah. I mean, again, I'm super new to this, but yeah. I, oh, I really like that. The idea that the whole point of role playing is you're creating an experience is ideally good for everybody that is there. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so neat. Sorry, I hadn't even. No, no, that's that's kind of the that point. Aspect of it, huh? Yeah, that's kind of the wow. point is to introduce these concepts. I mean, like I said, you're you're new to role playing games, and these are the things that those of us who've been doing it for ages kind mm-hmm. of know, but can't sometimes put into words. Mm-hmm. But I've been in role playing games, like I said, where. One person wants to hog the conversation, wants to talk the whole time, and where they <laughs> want to make up... A st- I had one friend who loves to make up stories for his character and make up story hooks, mm-hmm. and he's constantly wanting to see those story hooks in the game. But I And I've had to explain <laughs> to him, I can include some of your story hooks, but I can't include all of them because I'm only going to be alive for so long. <laughs> <laughs> and the 500 story hooks you've made here, yeah, I can get a few of them in, but I have like four or five other players who would like mm-hmm. to get some of their stuff in. And then I have my story that I want to do that I can tailor around some of this, but this stuff mm-hmm. is real specific. 
I'd be um, really curious if this breaks down on um, gender lines at all. Because uh, did you see that Elizabeth Hargrave's presentation recently where she would break down like uh, characteristics uh, that they got from surveys and Facebook group and stuff about what, uh, not to be all essentialist and binary, but what often women would prefer and would be interested in in board gaming settings. And a lot of times there's social... Um, the motivation for them doing it was higher on the social end than it might be for the folks that identified as male and responded. I was right. wondering how that applies to role-playing. Cause I mean, it seems like it's inherently a more, it seems more social. Although again, I'm basing this on one. <laughs> it, one role it, play. You're not wrong. Um, most of the guys that I've played with love the hack and slash aspect. They oh. love the, um, they love being pointed at something and getting the opportunity to beat it, to defeat it, to kill it. Um, they also like the idea of what's called min-maxing their characters. Mm-hmm. They'll look at the mathematics of their characters and figure out <laughs> how best to game the system to make themselves super powerful. Oh, my. And Yeah, no, that's yeah. so funny. No, this is part of what was also, like, holding me back from role-playing because so much of what I had heard about and seen about was, like, a bunch of hack and slash combaty stuff which yeah i wasn't that interested in most of the women i've i've gamed with are more invested in the story than they are the rules or anything else they want mm-hmm. to tell a good story and they want to be involved and they want to be cooperative mm-hmm. which i've noticed most women tend to not like um cooperative games really oh i mm-hmm. love cooperative games but it depends huh. on the group that you've played them with. Oh, now that's true. I, yes, I want to play them with groups that, yes, I totally agree. I love cooperative games, but I don't play them with everyone because not everyone yeah. gets into the spirits. And for the most part, if you start your your cooperative experience and the mo- majority of them you've played have been with alpha gamers, you're going to get oh, a bad taste in your mouth for them. That's true. And that's alpha true. players tend to be guys. <laughs> and they tend to alpha play women more than they do men. Yeah, like the rest of life. <laughs> right. So, which is why my wife will play cooperative games with me and Woody, because we don't do that. Mm, yeah. uh, we, go, we go out of our way to not do that. If she asks us our opinion, mm-hmm. we won't say you should do this, this, and this. We'll say, well, you could do this or this or this. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on what, what you want to get out of it. I mean, if you want to, you know, like in uh, pandemic, if you want to clear, yes. like if you want to focus on the yellows, then you can come over here, but you could also use your card to fly over to the reds and take care of a few of these just to clear it out. Cause we're about to cure it, mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's up to you, whichever one you think is best for you. Uh, I guess I have been gravitating of late to more cooperative games that are harder to alpha game in. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I love those, especially the ones with hidden information oh, that yeah. you can't share with other people. They're like, why can't you share? Because you're a jerk and we don't want you metagaming. <laughs> Shut up. Let me have my stuff. Yes. <laughs> it's sad, but true. And frankly, my wife is more masculine in her thinking anyway, and she wants to destroy people in a game, so she doesn't like cooperating. Oh, I know. Um, I got to play a two-player uh, game with her uh before our our session and it was great she was like ooh, because it's a it was a head-to-head thing and she just i could tell she got really into it it was really fun 
I, on the other hand, am the more feminine of the two of us, mm-hmm. and I love cooperative games, but I'm the more feminine of us, but I'm also a guy, so <laughs> other guys don't don't um, meta don't meta game me, don't you know right, alpha gamer right, right. me too much. Mm-hmm. So of course I love them. Um, <laughs> And if you've ever and you've played games with me before, I'm not super competitive. I'm just there to have fun and hang hang out with my friends and play the game. I don't know if we've played a game together actually. You're I've right. With, we uh, may not have. With, I've played with Woody. Yeah. Like once, uh, and we were gonna play a game, but I was in the middle of one. But you kindly came up and let me know because there was a game I was super excited. It was a storytelling game I was really excited about, but I was in the middle of a game, so we didn't actually get to. Yeah. I think we've more just been social than played a game. We have, which has also been lovely. Yeah. We'll have to fix that. (laughs) Indeed. So the next one is studying, which you said, um, I mean, it does expand your brain learning these things. I love getting new game systems that I'll probably never actually run or play because I like reading and learning about how the game runs. And Mm. you said you got to have some, you said actually the idea of studying what you want to of the game actually decreases your anxiety. Oh, it does. Yes. I'm, it's the same thing with board games. I can only play so many new things that I haven't (laughs) prepared for (laughs) at a game fest. Then I had a limit. I'm like, no, I can't play anything. I don't know how to play. My brain is done and my anxiety will just, it will stop my brain from working. It just won't work anymore. <laughs> so yeah, it was really good to be able to read up on it a bit and um, uh, listen to their podcast and et cetera, just to sort of get a handle, give my brain a framework so that it wouldn't like anxiety spiral tornado kind of thing. Um, oh, I do have to ask you about the uh, the the one shot podcast. Did you listen to all six episodes or just a oh few no, of them? just the first one? <laughs> okay, it has it has such a sweet ending. I think you'll like it. If you ever get Ooh. get the chance to listen to the rest of it, it has such mm-hmm. a fantastic ending. I'll add it to my commute list. Yeah. So yeah, I'm listening to the entire Harry Potter collection again. My annual <laughs> listen through. We just I- rewatched uh, Hogfather. The oh nice. T- the, we watch it every um, every winter, and since it snowed today, we played Winter Carcassonne and watched Hogfather. <laughs> we played Snowdonia, so that that oh, fits too. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, and the last benefit of role playing games is it's a lot of fun, and that's oh, the big is. question: is you had fun, right? I did. Oh, I did have fun. I got tired at the end because again, all that socializing for me is yeah, you know, it's a lot. But yeah, I had fun. Uh, uh, we were just, we were a good group of people, I think, to, to that were all sort of aiming at good story, a little silly. And um, gosh, it was, it was especially cool at the end when I managed to figure out how to get into my character's heads. <laughs> I just, I'll never forget the, the, the bell, belfry rope and the ladder that will, that's going to stay there. That and human sausage. I don't know how Woody came up with that, but it was awesome. Because he's Woody. <laughs> that's all you need to know. So, yeah, if we ever continue that, we might remake our remake your characters mm. as kids in space characters, playing the same characters mm-hmm. and just be out in space with our space raccoon who we never learned, whose name we never learned. <gasps> oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Because I could totally be reckless Jackie in space. And- yeah. It wouldn't be weird that I didn't know a lot because neither would anybody else. (laughs) (laughs) 
and neither would I. I'd be making it up as I go. Nice. So what, like, how, because, like, I was, I knew there was some place we were supposed to get in the story, but I don't know what it is or how we get there. Like, how do you... How do you, you sort of, as a, as a player, how do mm-hmm. you propose directions and et cetera without like messing up the GM, you know? Oh, see, that's the nice thing. I had a very mm. bare bones story mm. and that story could change in a heartbeat. Mm. I had a very bare bones story and then Andrew brought up the squirrel thing and all of a sudden <laughs> I have a squirrel alien. Um and I knew it was going to be aliens mm-hmm. and I knew it was going to be a squirrel <laughs> and I didn't know it. Th- and I knew that I had an idea that the rest of the people on his ship were in- stuck in suspended animation mm-hmm. and he couldn't leave the planet <laughs> without other people to fly the ship. Other than that, the men in black were a last second thing. The <laughs> Belfry were a la- was a last second thing. Love that you, you guys ran down to the to the church. You specifically yes. made a point of going down to the church. I mm-hmm. had not planned on going to the church at all. <laughs> oh. I, I hadn't planned on not going to the church. In fact, I had made zero plans except what the story was going to be about. It was mm. going to be about an alien squirrel trying to get back home. Okay. And whatever you guys did within that was going to form my part of the story. A lot of what I do in most games is improv too. Even if it's a scripted game, like my uh, my Pathfinder game that I have uh-huh. with Woody and Susie and a few other friends, uh-huh. and it's fully scripted. It has an adventure book, and you just go through book one, book two, book three, all the way through book six. Uh-huh. I still do a fair amount of improv because they do things that are not mentioned in the book. And then I have to come up with creative solutions as a game master. And... A lot of people don't understand that. They think the Game Master already has a story set up, and a lot of them do, the newer ones. But as you get more experienced, you learn your characters are going to do wacky things that you had never imagined. So it's better just to come in with a fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants idea. Um, That's good. I was worried about messing up the I've written a couple of um, book novel level novel length um books and several short stories and one thing i've learned is that if i script too much Mm -hmm. half of my script is going to be thrown out anyway because my characters (laughs) are going to do what they're going to (laughs) do even in my own head so god help me with other people and their characters (laughs) (laughs) so yeah any almost any game that i run especially one that's not scripted i don't script i know what the story is going to be in general And then I let the players flesh things out. So there was really almost nothing you could do to throw my story off. Everything that you do would only add to my idea of the story and be a creation entirely of your own. That's really comforting. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Okay. So um, thank you for coming on. My pleasure. I've really enjoyed chatting with you about this and I really loved being, you know, getting to provide you with your first RPG experience. Thank you so much. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciated it. It was it was just the best first experience I could have with role playing. And you definitely need to let me know if you get into a game outside of ours. Mm-hmm. Just let me know how that goes and what kind of game you're playing and you know, tell me some stories. I would okay. love to hear about it. 
You bet. All right, so um, we're going to call this off for now. We are we are reaching the a little over one hour mark, uh, and I don't want to keep Adele too much longer. Um, yes, so... I have to get back to, you know, uh, Hogfather. We're right in the middle of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> you paused Hogfather just for us. Well, it's a really long movie. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, pausing Terry Pratchett is not a mean feat, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um... Thank you for coming on, and I um, hope you, you know, enjoy listening to yourself later whenever this one comes out. I might make my partner listen <laughs> <laughs> and tell me how it went. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. Well, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your weekend. And everyone else out there, keep on rolling for change. Because we really did. We rolled, and it changed something for Adele. So, yeah, kind of rolling for change. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. You've been listening to the Rolling for Change podcast, a proud member of the Geek Therapy Network. If you're social distancing and you need a pack of pals to play with who aren't plastic, prehistoric, or particle people, you should head over to geektherapy.com forward slash discord. It's a virtual oasis party where you can talk about your favorite games and media and even find friends to visit your Animal Crossing island with. If you want to reach us directly, email gamers at rollingforchange.com. You can offer show suggestions, Join us on a podcast or even join in on some virtual gaming. Are you grooving to our hip theme music? Check out Rocket Scientists at rocketscientists.bandcamp.com. Thanks so much for listening, especially now that we're not commuting. It means a lot, and we hope you all keep on rolling for change.